What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, we're about to play you a three-minute clip that I begged and pleaded Dr. Spodak to put in at the beginning. Dr. Spodak? Who's that? Dr. Spodak. And um, so I'm going to play it right now, and then we're going to go into the thought-provoking conversation and the dialogue that he and I have. And there may be some, maybe I'll make fun of you today, Craig. Maybe I won't. But um Who knows? It's, it's always fun. It's always fun. It is. I, it's fun for me too, Peter. Yeah, but I, I'm excited to uh, share this this beautiful experience of Naval Ravikant with this with our with our audience. If you haven't heard Peter and I talk about him before, um, this is a great little three minute clip about right, well, his greatness. We'll be back in three minutes. Let's talk about hard work. If getting wealthy is your goal, you are going to have to work as hard as you can. But hard work is absolutely no substitute for who you work with and what you work on. What you work on is probably the most important thing. And you can save yourself a lot of time if you pick the right area to work in. Picking the right people to work with is the next most important piece. And then third comes how hard you work. But they're like three legs of a stool. If you shortchange on any one of them, the whole stool is going to fall down. So it's not like you can pick one over the other that easily. First, figure out what should I be doing? What is something where there is a market that is emerging, there's a product that I can build that I'm excited to work on, and something where I have specific knowledge and I'm really into it. Second, surround yourself with the best people possible. And no matter how high your bar is, raise your bar because you can never be working with other people who are great enough. There's someone greater out there to work with. You should go work with them. I advise a lot of people who are looking at which startup to join in Silicon Valley. I say basically pick the one that's going to have the best alumni network for you in the future. Look at the PayPal mafia. They work with a bunch of geniuses, so they all got rich. Try and pick based on the highest intelligence, energy, and integrity people that you can find. And then finally, once you've picked the right thing to work on and the right people to work with, then you work as hard as you can. This is where the mythology gets a little crazy. People will work 80, 120 hour weeks. A lot of that's just status signaling. It's showing off. Nobody really works 80 to 120 hours a week sustained at high output with mental clarity. Your brain breaks down. You just won't have good ideas. Really, the way people tend to work most effectively, especially in knowledge work, is they sprint as hard as they can while they're working on something and they're inspired and they're passionate. And then they rest. They take long breaks. It's more like a lion hunting and much less like a marathon runner running. So you sprint, then you rest, you reassess, and then you try again. And what you end up doing is you end up building a marathon of sprints. Inspiration is perishable. When you have your inspiration, do it right then and there. People talk about impatience. When do you know to be impatient? When do you know to be patient? Impatience with actions and patience with the results. Anything you have to do, just get it done. Why wait? You're not getting any younger. Your life is slipping away. You don't want to spend it waiting in line. You don't want to spend it traveling back and forth. You don't want to spend it doing things that you know ultimately aren't part of your mission. 
And when you do them, you want to do them as quickly as you can while you do them well with your full attention. But then you just have to give up on the results. You have to be patient with the results because you're dealing with complex systems, you're dealing with lots of people. It takes a long time for markets to adopt products. It takes time for people to get comfortable working with each other. It takes time for great products to emerge as you polish away, polish away, polish away. Impatience with actions and patience with the results. Well, what did you oh, think of that? I think it, 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 you know, honestly, Craig, I've heard it a number of times. <clears throat> and I think, and this theme keeps coming up in my life so much right now, like this, the concept of, um, oh, there's so much, but let me, let me just, let me back up and say, I've heard it a number of times in preparation for the podcast and kind of talking you into doing this, which you really didn't want to just have Naval narrating and then us talk about it, right? Because we have our own stuff to stand on. Um, but you and I, you and I pull bits and pieces from the ball. So I thought this was a great thing to do as the end of the year is coming to an end. We're coming toward the Thanksgiving where we're, it's been a gut punch year. I just thought it was applicable. And I've listened to this recording a number of times and I thought to myself, if I was on the receiving end of hearing this message, I think it would fire me the hell up. And so there's a couple of things I want to unpack. Um, but number one, what was your, what was your takeaway from this? Uh, I guess in a nutshell, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. In a nutshell, it's, we get energized around a concept or idea and we start running. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we run into a glass wall and fall down and we're like chickens with a head cut off. We, we just, we utilize energy and just run till we're exhausted. And what the beauty about that excerpt and what I believe Naval's greatest genius is that he takes things that are so no, mm -hmm. such no brainers. All this is duh. Yeah. All of it's duh, but he, he has it in such a way that's so eloquent to say, before you start running, before you go on the sprint, pick what you're going to do and why you're going to do it. Just because there's work to be done. doesn't well, no, mean it's, it's what you should be doing. Right. Who, who you should be doing it with. Right. And then three, and then working as hard as you can. Working as hard as you can. But no one does that. They well, start out, let's thing. work, so Dennis, let's work as hard as we possibly can mm -hmm. with some random person we met at Starbucks okay. or some like a guy that wants to lease us some space. That's a great idea. And we just put all of our energy and start running down a road and you get halfway. And then that's where you and I come in, by the way, Pete. Pete will, we, Pete and I will get pinged with questions on picking our brain because people have run halfway down a road already, full speed. And like, well, who are you doing it? Why are you doing it? What? And like, well, what do you mean? Well, let me let me unpack this a little bit. Here's why this resonated when I wanted to put it on the podcast, because I think it brings in so much of what we talk. We talk about the pillars or the, you know, all these things. So number one is the first thing, who, what, what should I be doing? And this is where you talk about, and you've talked about it in the Bulletproof course, it's about to come out in the vision creation. What should you be doing? And yes, obviously we're doing dentistry, right? But there's dentistry with a mission. There's dentistry with this vision. There's this North star that you talk about and Craig, you, and you, and you get, so that, you know, what should I be doing? Isn't, oh, I'm a dentist. It's dentistry with a purpose, right? I have this, this immaculate vision of what I want my career to look like. And it's going to consist of doing a lot of implants, right. it's a magical team. It's not just, I'm a dentist, therefore, let me go to step two. But step two is, who should I be working with? And that's where we talk about the culture, right? We, which is such a big portion of your and my practice is that it's not just who can fill a seat on the bus, it's who can fill a seat on the right time on this bus that's moving at the speed of light or whatever, right? I'm not saying, you know, you're not just filling empty seats is my point. And so culture is something we talk about so much. Um, you know, I actually just got off a coaching call with one of the mastermind clients was talking about, I'm sorry, a, a coaching call with talking about culture. 
and how things have kind of been fixed along the way. And here's some things on how to do, and they were getting success with it. And the best, that- best part about that person too, is that they were early on, we took with the intake forms, that was their chief problem, their major problem. They're like right. no one cares. We've got to, we got to make people care about this place again. And, and it's now what has been seven months, eight months, and now their culture is iconic. It's great. So. And so, right. So figuring out who to work with and then, and, and never, and I love what he said, surround yourself by the best people and never let that bar be stopped. So culture isn't something that you achieve. It's something that you continually work on for your team. Cause you're going to have inflow of people and outflow, but culture is something that you're continually focused on improving in your environment in dentistry. I'm talking about, would you agree? I mean, of course well, you agree. Yeah, of course. I, agree. I, love right? I love it. And then third, and this is the part that resonates with me so much. Because, and this is the, the part that I said, I keep, this keeps coming up in my life, right? Um, and keep hearing this, but it's, 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 you know, no one's going to work 128, 120 hours a week. And that's just status signaling and all that stuff. Love that he always but, talks about virtue signaling and status signaling. It, and, and reason it, and it's yes. such a, it's such a common theme in, in the U in, in the U S of like, Oh, I haven't had a vacation in six months. Oh, I haven't had a vacation in six years. And the hustle porn that Gary V talks about, like, and that's, a, better work. that's status signaling. And it's great that it's finally been identified. Like, you know, you can use that term and be like, no, you didn't. And you can honestly be, be hard with yourself. Like I used to think like I was the hardest worker, and you know, I'm working all the time, but like how much of that was effective? And I think that's what Naval's point was, but the, here's where I, here's my, my biggest takeaway, Craig, from that three minute thing was you, we are like lions. Okay. We train, we sprint and we rest and then we reassess. And so life isn't just the Gary V hustle 12 hours a day, right? It's, there's resting and reassessing. So it's a marathon of sprints versus constantly just jogging. And I think that is the beauty of it. And when I finally started unpacking that, Greg, and thinking that I actually gave myself a lot more grace to say, hey, you may think you're, you're, you're not working hard right now or you're blowing it sitting on the couch sitting, daydreaming about shit, but you're in, the, you're in that, that phase of resting or you're in that phase of reassessing, which is going to make you that much more powerful in the next training, when the next training session starts and you have to sprint, you're going to be that much better. So the marathon of sprints, Greg, is something that is now like a mantra in my brain. Um, Maybe to a fault. I I see you do that. I see you kind of get, um, you go in these little, you know, especially for bulletproof stuff, like you'll, you'll put heads down for like a, a half a day and produce like amazing amounts of work. Like I've seen it before and I could see the emotion that you have going in. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I feel like you know, almost like uh, it's almost like a, a sense of overwhelm in your voice mm-hmm. and then you'll disappear and then you'll come back up and like this beautiful, this masterpiece. I'm like, what the fuck is going Like who, who was the guy before? And who's this guy after? Well, like, it's because, because I, because yeah, you're probably feeling me be frenetic about feeling inspired about something and having like, I, I see the light, I see the tunnel opening right now and I need to go because I want to go work hard yeah, towards and then that. You bang, and you, and then I, and then I go yeah. off grid, right? You're saying. And so yeah. what he's saying is like, when you have inspiration for whether that's a project or something in your practice, sometimes that project feels daunting. Craig, there are many times you didn't go over the other half of that where I, and grumpy pants and like, don't want to do Well, that's shit. what that's in the beginning. That's that it's like this whole cycle of like, yes. feeling like I'm not doing enough. And then yes, the back self- to the first. Mm-hmm. And then this, this negative talk about like, I can't handle it all. Maybe I need to give up some stuff and then like heads down and then like this creative shit. Just but I used to out. beat myself up for Craig for not being on 
being able to be inspiration, be inspirational, yeah, be creative, be, be all these system, you know, be systematic, be, be you know, all these things. Um, what am I trying to say? Right. And, and I used to be yeah, myself. Being, like, Why can't I do it? Tent across the board. But now I kind of wait for it. I wait for it to come along in the woods and I see that gazelle of creativity. I'm like, there it is. I'm going for it. And then I go off grid. And that is, so what he's saying is when you have the inspiration to do something, do it right then and there. Why wait? Don't waste your life. Impatience with action and then patience with results. Say that one more time. Impatience with actions, meaning meaning be be ready to just take action. Be impatient with ready to say, go. I'm impatient. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Wait for that to come along. and But then be patient with your results. Yeah. Be patient with waiting for how this translates. Where's the rubber meet the road? Well, we always over, we overestimate what can we, we can do in a day or a week, and we underestimate greatly what can be done in a year or two. So there's that human, the way the human brain works. You're like, this should be done today. And like, you're really impatient with today and tomorrow, but consistent, repeated effort is amazing over a year, but our brains don't think to a year, you know? Yeah. And as, and look, as, as dentists or practice owners, I think this, I think those three things when I first heard them, I was like, yeah, that's so cool for everybody. But then as you, as I really looked at them again, I was like, this is really applicable, really applicable. Um, and and I just think it's, you know, Craig, I think this is going to come by the time this podcast gets produced, we're going to be probably towards the end of the year. Um, we're right now prior to Thanksgiving, but we've got a lot in the, in the bin. And I think it's good. I think these are good things to discuss towards the end of the year when you finally are in, the, you know, Christmas is kind of the, the resting phase. Would you agree? Well, it's everybody takes pause. Okay. Oh, wait. All right. Let me say it. the holidays is more of a resting period. Everyone is forced to take pause, but, but use that rest. And then, and then at towards the end, as you start getting towards the new year, people start thinking about goals and, you know, new year's resolutions, which is really a reassessment of their life. What did I not do? What did I not accomplish last year that I would like to accomplish this year? Would you not agree? Oh, hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. And so that's why I think this is going to be very timely because I think it can motivate you. So over the break or over the holidays, if you start feeling an inspiration to, to get really, you know, um, start carving out your goals, start thinking like, Hey, this year was, was, uh, I'm, I'm going to be reactionary to this year. Where am I going? Yeah. Well, it, you know, I, this, this year, year this year do, was in response to, to you. And yes. then next year could be a blank slate of creativity. Yes. Instead of being reactionary, which I think a lot of us were like this year, because a lot of stuff came on the horizon that we just couldn't anticipate, right? I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to take things and I'm going to reassess what happened good, bad, and different in this year. And then I'm going to train for next year. And then I'm going to freaking sprint and fix it. And yeah. I'm going to rest, reassess, do it again. And also, I think this is a good time to introduce the thing that I always talk about, like just for those of you who don't feel any inspired goal, you know, or who, who don't have the idea of what they want to create, maybe focus on what you see as fulfilling for yourself. So I, I you know, well, as you were talking, Peter, I'm thinking about how I went into 2020. And obviously all those plans got decimated after Q1 and coronavirus shut us all down. And then I, you, to your point, we all went to reaction, like, how are we going to just survive? It wasn't about thriving, going to the next level. It's like, how do I just regain my footing? Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're, if you're sitting there and hearing this and you're like, well, I don't really know the goals I want to create, create what will make you fulfilled. What would make you happy? What would you say that if, if you had happened, what would make you feel good? Because at the end of the day, if you create things that will make you feel good, or even just saying, I want to feel good mm -hmm. and then build that reverse engineer that. Cause I think most of us 
especially overachievers, high achievers say, well, if I just had this, then I'll be happy. Or if I just, if, you know, if I could get to associates or if I can get to 1 million of whatever, you know, 600,000 of that. And sometimes Greg, feeling good is identifying what's making you feel bad, right? What do you need to cut out of your life? What do you need to take out of your life? Exactly. What do you not want to do anymore? You know, because I, I had to have a hard conversation with someone the other day. I was like, and I gave this person a lot of grace because I'm like, I'm, I'm asking this person to do something that they're not good at. And I'm getting really frustrated that they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Really frustrated. I'm just like, well, this person's really good at these five other things. So it's like, dude, let's do the same thing with ourselves. What are your, what are your superpowers? What are you in flow? What, what activities are you in where you're in flow? And do more of that. And what do you hate doing? Can that be, maybe there's an associate that and you can bring that loves doing grace. that. Give yourself grace. If you don't force, if there's a daunting project, don't force it because you're going to generate this hatred towards that project. Wait until you feel it inspired or creative or a system genius or whatever and act on it, right? Do it mm-hmm. right then and there. Don't wait. Don't waste your life. I think that's a beautiful thing. All right, all right. We hope everyone is getting massive value from listening to this podcast. If you are, we're going to ask a couple things in return. First, review us on iTunes. If you don't know how to do that, the easiest way is to pick up your phone, open the podcast app, click on the album art, and then scroll all the way through the episodes and you'll see review at the bottom. Go ahead and bang out the stars that we deserve. Second thing, if you haven't signed up for our text uh, list to get notified of special offers or the next summit or whatever it may be, uh, make sure to text the words bulletproof to 33777. That's 33777 and the word is bulletproof. Third thing is we've got the book, as most of you all know, but we've also got the audible version that Dr. Spodak spent three days in studio and it was an arduous task and he crushed it. He really should be an an audible for the episode. That's it, everyone. Hope you're having a great day and we'll see you soon. As we're kind of, as we're kind of talking towards the end of the year, Craig, there's Craig, there's some things I'm excited about. And I think we can, I think unless you have something else to say on this, I just want to kind no, of loop into, no. um, cause you and I talk about things like this in, in the course that we spent, you know, three days filming and, um, you know, like everything else, putting out a course is damn hard, but now we're talking about doing a summit. And I really want to focus on, on some of these things in the summit, because it's been a tough year where everyone's gotten their ass kicked. Um, and I think having a game plan and being, being, you know, not being so reactionary is going to be a beautiful thing coming into 2021. I think that uh, you take your, your, some of your worst days of 2019 and compare it to some of your worst days of 2020. And you'll realize that the threats that you had are in 2020, for most of us, at least, I, I can't speak to everybody, but were more existential, more global. Like there was, there was, there was nothing you could do April 1st for, for mm-hmm. us as dentists, like that you were utterly powerless. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, maybe your existential threat was like, you thought this was going to happen or that was going to happen. But one thing we can all look back on is however you were feeling at the darkest moments of the, you know, Q2 and, and, and when coronavirus was, you know, the shutdowns were happening, we didn't understand the fatality of the disease and the infection fatality rate. And regardless of how bad things got, it didn't wind up, I think, for most of us being as bad as our worst mm-hmm. thoughts were. Mm-hmm. So look at all the unnecessary suffering that was caused. Um, and uh, maybe use that as a lesson as well, that um, it, it, it's never as good as you think it is. It's never as bad as you think it is. We tend to overreact as human beings. And if, if you're listening to this and you're feeling a little stuck, I encourage you to go to um, download that SWAT 
thing is just a starting point at bulletproofswat.com. Go to it and Craig and I have provided a PDF that you can just download and get you started. And it doesn't, in this SWOT analysis can sometimes be, you know, it's obviously designed for the practices that we're talking about this. And we have these conversations with our team and team meetings. So if you're doing a team meeting at the beginning of the year, that's a great thing to kind of do, start doing ice breaking and saying, hey, what are we good at? But also I have also used that, Craig, recently in a personal dimension, meaning here are my strengths as a human, here are my weaknesses as a human. Here's my opportunities as a human, and here's where I feel threatened as a human. So the SWOT. So I would encourage everyone to download that. I and mean, you can even do it from a personal perspective, and it'll help you start generating your next marathon of sprints if you kind of take the Nival thing and, and going into this next year. So we're here just to send light and love to everyone and um, and uh, hope everyone, you know, is by the time they're receiving this is in a, in a place that they are happy and they are able to kind of think uh, optimistically about the future. And, um, you know, we, we are all in this together. I hear that phrase a lot and mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's bullshit. Um, but I think in this industry, I think we are all in it together. I've seen a lot of camaraderie. I've seen a lot of people lifting each other up. I've seen a lot of, um, I've just seen a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, you hear that, you hear that, that tagline, like chase commercials, we're all in this together. Like, yeah, exactly. no, you're not, like you're not in this with me at all. Right. But, but, uh, but not, you know, <laughs> It's the truth, though, right? Like we're yeah. all in this together. I think that's like the. It's same like the thing. we salute our first responders, or the, or the essential workers. Like, no, the essential workers are making less than all of us, and we don't give a shit about them because we're putting them. You know, it's like this terrible parody. You know, not even parody, but it's it's just it's so inauthentic. Yeah. And it, but it is true. We are at this point. I mean, that was my hope and my prayer when the when the coronavirus was raging. Um, I know you saw like my Facebook videos and stuff like that. I was doing on my own personal page. But I was like, okay, so here we are, like January, February, super divided as a country, going into an election year, and everybody is feeling victimized, whether it's gender or whatever's going on. I'm like, okay, the coronavirus comes along. It's God's way of saying, like, hey, you're human, you're all the same, and this thing can kill you. So I figured humanity would come together, right? That was my thought. I, I thought you thought that as well. I did. And, and look at what it did. It just like it just goes to show you that, you know. Um, and again, this is kind of going back to Peter Malouk's podcast, the media, which is such an influential force in our lives. The only job, as he said, is to create advertising That's dollars. Getting scarier, That's scarier, it. And scarier. Fear, and fear, fear is the way to do fear. it. And if you can tune out to that, that is that is one declaration that I've made recently and I will continue in the new year is that there's a correlation to doom and gloom and the feelings of pessimism and how much news you consume. And it's so highly media, correlated. Social highly media correlated. and media and depression. Highly but like correlated. Like you say, you like, that's, a, that's another thing. You started this podcast with a duh, duh. But like until you hear it, until you put it in play, until you do your own hypothesis on that, you don't know because you take someone's, you know, yeah, I hear your advice, but it doesn't, but it doesn't, it doesn't translate. Anyway, but I don't want to get off tangent. Let's keep this one short. Um, sure. And um I think yeah. it's also just one more thing to remind, remind everybody that Peter and I are learning these lessons over and over and over again. We all know this. We've known this for years. And part of the human journey is that you have to remind yourself we have a reactive primitive side of our brain that when the shit hits the fan, we're like monkey brain. We're, react, we're in reaction mode. So give yourself grace, recognizing that if you're going through a struggling time or this is a moment where you're feeling dark and you're feeling things are collapsing or the walls are coming in on you, recognize that Peter and I have those feelings. We all have those feelings. So just give yourself a little grace and tomorrow's a new day. And like Peter says, it's a series of sprints. Maybe you're taking a couple steps back for the last couple months. Doesn't mean it predicates your future. So be helpful, um, give yourself some grace and it's your life. You can uh, kind of design it however you want it to be.
Yeah, I like how you mentioned that. And honestly, Greg, that seems to be a pervasive theme that pops up in reviews that people appreciate is the fact that like we talk about, you know, our warts and our challenges and the fact that like, look what I learned. Not that we have it come from place of figuring it all out because we sure as shit don't, no, you no know, and, and luckily, you know, I get to look on the success of yours and take your clues and, and use those and vice versa, as our, as does our mastermind. But I love that, you know, what I see when I read these reviews and, and everybody, thank you for doing those, by the way, because it's literally the only feedback sometimes we get from y'all. Um, so if you're taking five minutes out, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but what I see a lot of is the challenges, you know, we freely give out wisdom and are unafraid to get real was in the most recent one I've read. And that was by uh, Scott wrote that Scott Grills. So Scott, if you're listening, thank you for that. And that has always been the, the, the thesis of this wasn't to us to pontificate that we know it all that we have it figured out. It was our journey. It was our warts. It was our successes. It was how can we help? And and, um, and that is, you hit it right there. We're unafraid to get real. And sometimes we've yeah. probably gotten too real. Right? <laughs> they can never be too real. I don't know. But anyway, let's uh, let's cut it down. Everybody have a great blessed rest of the week, wherever you are with us, and we will see you shortly. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, everybody.